please repeat om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Mangalam Gurudevaya Devye Matriksha Mangalam Mangalam Bhakta Brindebhyo Sarvalokaya Mangalam Om Sara Shiva Samarambam Shankaracharya Majyamam Ashmarachara Prayandam Vande Gurum Parambaram Jai Maam <coughs> So we're picking up after a long time, Bhagavatam. We're at actually at a very um, last, the last section we'd read, we had read, we had two talks many months ago on the life of Ram, I think. Sita and Ram, these two, in a very brief form. It's amazing how just, you know, we all know Ramayana is very long, so many different versions of the story, thousands of verses, hours to chant. But he, in, um, um, in this uh, telling, in just a few lines, it just sketches the entire, the few verses, summarizes whole Ramlila, essence of Ramlila, essence of Sita's nature, essence of Ram's nature, essence of Ramarajya, the noble, ro- the rulership of Ram. Um, and we're in, a, we're in a section here in the end of chapter of uh, Skanda 9 that's dealing with one of the required topics of a, of a Purana is the lineage of kings. It's telling these long lineages of kings. And so that was the solar race. And prominent among the solar race is, of course, Lord Ram. Right? So it ends there and a few stories after about his children and like that. And then it starts in this section, in uh, uh, chapter 16, 17, 18, like that, um, about the stories in the, uh, not solar, but lunar, thank you, my brain, lunar dynasty. Right, uh, uh, and foremost, foremost, at least for our topic, of the sages of the lunar dynasty are is Krishna. Krishna is born in the lunar dynasty. So this is Krishna's story is being told in a long line of of ancient kings and 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 saints. Um, and we do know also we've talked about many times that the whole purpose of the Bhagavad, the Srimad Bhagavatam is a text primarily dealing with Krishna's Krishna's lila. Krishna's leader is going to start in the next skanda, so very soon. Maybe one or two more talks and we actually get somewhere about Krishna. <laughs> We've been joking, we haven't heard Krishna's ankles all these years, ankle bells all these years. We've been speaking on Bhagavatam seven, eight years, something like that. And uh, every story except Krishna has been told. But that's purposeful, it's to, so we don't, mis- we don't misunderstand Krishna Leela. Krishna Leela is very easy to misunderstand. Because it it deals it's told in the in the metaphor romantic language the metaphor of romance the devotion the highest devotion is told in that way so we can we can superpose our own uh, ideas of lust and relationship and need and 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 ego everything we superimpose it upon the story and we will misunderstand every page so the other nine skandhas with many thousands of verses probably ten thousand verses have been spoken, are to, to prepare the mind so we can understand Krishna-lila without mis- with, or not misunderstand Rasa-lila and Krishna-lila specifically. <clears throat> so 
So where we are now is, is so it's tricky because all these are just a few ver a few chapter a few paragraphs of all these ancient kings. Some of them are interesting. All of them are told. And there are all these stories. If you know Mahabharata, their stories are told. These are famous characters in the Mahabharata. But for our purposes, they're they're barely told. Their stories are barely told. Some sometimes they're just mentioned by name and not even told. So we've been picking out a few important stories that that we should uh, that you'll 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 hear references to. They're important stories. But sometimes the, the, the gist, it's a long story that's going over many chapters of Mahabharata is told in one sentence, two sentences, two paragraphs, three paragraphs in the Bhagavatam. It's just, once again, a sketch. So how do you pull? It's, it's, it's giving what the, the, this author believed for his purposes, which is Veda, Veda Vyasa, or ultimate Veda Vyasa, and who's speaking? Is Shuka. Shuka speaking to Parikshit. So remember, remember that. Shukra speaking to a man who's going to die in a few days. By this time, probably two or three days later. Maybe. Like this. Maybe two days, three days. He's been talking on. He's been talking three, four days with him, 24 hours, all day, all night, of these divine stories. So he's telling him, you don't need to know the long history of um, uh, Ayat, uh, King Ayati. You need to know just the gist of it. You don't need to know the, you don't need to know the whole Ramlila. You need to know the gist of it. So the important, the gist for somebody who's dying. Right. And we've talked many, many times in these stories. There's a term that's called paramgati, right? Paragati means uh, 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 goal, right? And so there's unlimited things we can do in life, but there's some goal, right? And so as King Parikshik was cursed to die, he has to remember very carefully what his goal is. He can't afford to be distracted. We can't afford to be distracted, but we're a little distracted. We forget time to time what our goal is. So this story is a little bit about forgetting what our goal is. And so this is a story of the king. Uh, and I'm going to summarize uh, three, four sections of it because it's so complicated with a bunch of names that we haven't told their stories. Uh, and we all know Prana, everything has a backstory and every backstory has a backstory and every backstory has four or five backstories from a previous life and a curse of some sage and it goes back like this. Right? So it's like this also, I'm going, to j I'm going to try my best with limited understanding to give the gist of the story and then pick up some, I read an existing translation, some my own translation. We get more philosophical, I translated those sections. So this is a story, there was a, um, uh, uh, the king, no, sorry, the guru of the demons is Shukra, Shukracharya. Shukracharya had many daughters. Right? One of his daughters was uh, Devayani. Devayani, uh, I'm not going to go, she has, there's a backstory of Devayani, and Devayani, due to a complicated backstory, was attached to um, a female attendant. Uh, Sarmishta, I think, is how you print it. Maybe Sarmishta, you know the story, Sarmishta. And so there's a long backstory, which I won't go into, but they have some attachments that they're, they're kind of bound to be each other. She's almost like a bounded servant. She has to be with her due to some curse and boon given by Shukracharya. So at one point, Shukrach, uh, that girl, uh, Devayani, the daughter of Shukracharya, in the forest, she falls into a well and calling out, help me, help me, nobody's there to help her. Just at that time, luckily, there's a king rides by on a, on a hunting expedition, right? Uh, 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 Yaya, Yayati. I want to say Yayati, but that's not right. Yayati, it's a second Yayati. Uh, 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 King Yayati, he's right around, he hears, help me, help me, help me. He hears some, some pathetic noise, some female voice in the forest. And of course, he's a Chatra, right? A young king, he has to investigate some, some damsel in distress, perhaps. Right? As all stories usually, these type of ancient stories start. 
And he goes and he sees in the bottom of this well, in the, jungle, in the forest, there's a girl stranded. And so he tries to think, I have to, I have to do my duty, I have to save her, right? Figure out. And so he digs here and he makes some steps and he makes arrangements. Somehow or another he gets her out. And she's so happy, of course. She's my, my, my literally a prince. Prince Charming comes and saves, right? It's like everyone's fairy tale dream, right? Uh, 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 uh. And, and he also is like, oh, the very beautiful girl that was stuck in a well. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, the, the, uh, uh, uh. And so she falls in love with him and they, he likes her. And, so they th- and she sees, actually, he has many good qualities. Of course, when you've just been saved by somebody, you know, uh, you think you superimpose all good qualities and you only see the good qualities. Later you find out there's maybe a few other bad qualities, right? Uh, 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 like all of us. Um, uh, uh, so she goes to her father, uh, uh, Shukracharya, the guru of the demons, and says, I want, maybe we could be married. He goes, yes, that's a very good idea. So the, the, uh, um, he gives, we have this term, gives your hand in marriage. He gives her his daughter away, right? There's something to that also. Uh, uh, and so he goes, and but he says, "Oh, but the problem is wherever I go, this um, uh, Samashti, what is it? Saramishta, thank you. Saramishta has to go with me. Not just Saramishta, a thousand girls go with me everywhere I go, right? These all her attendants, right? And so, oh, okay, no problem. If she can come, everybody can come, right? She, so she acts as attendant and servant and maid and you know, uh, like this." Uh, uh, they have some, there's some jealousy between them. There's backstory between, that's, there's always jealousy between people. Um, so, so he accepts her and he accepts the whole, all the girlfriends, all the attendants, all the maidservants go with her. Uh, uh, and so they're living very happily. Uh, uh, uh. And so one day, and so she gets, uh, many children are born to the king through different wives, including, and then this wife, uh, uh, Devayani, she also gets pregnant. And seeing Devayani pregnant, some Sharmishta, thank you. Sharmishta is a little jealous. She says, I want to be pregnant. And he's a very handsome man. Why does she why does Devayani always get you know, a little bit of, of jealousy seems to be there? And so it was time when she was very fertile and she approached the king and says, You should also accept me and and, and give me a child. So this is a typical thing, because there's another back uh, there's a curse way back <laughs> that, that, that we can be together, but you can never go after any man that I go with. And there's all these, these type of stories there, which I can't go into. Um, uh, but the king is in a predicament, right? Every man, a bunch of girls, <laughs> please make me pregnant. Very, you know, there's a predicament to say no, right? So he, see, but there is actually a precedent. There's a dharmic, he says, I'm, the text says, uh, let me see. Um, uh, the king, uh, the virtuous Samishta, soon saw Devayani biggest issue. Herself desirous of issues, Samishta approached the king, the husband of her mistress, in privacy and during her fertile period, and chose him as her husband also. The Raja, the king, knew that according to Dharma Shastra, the, the solicitation of a woman in that condition should not be rejected, and so agreed to her request as obtained by providence, though he remembered. Shukas, uh, Shukra's prohibition. So there was a curse. Shukra said you can never go with this girl or any other girl, but especially this girl. But the Dharma Shastra says that, if, uh, that especially for a king, his duty, of course, is to have issues because he needs lineage. But also if a, a, a pregnant woman, I mean, not pregnant, a fertile woman should not be denied if she wants a, a child. This is uh, uh, 
gendered, uh, a different gendered world that we live in now than we did then. They did then, but that was the uh, principle, this principle called Vritam, that the, the force of nature, that the primary force that brings all this whole thing together is the, the um, uh, um, pro- propagation of species, right? So that propagation of species is the primary dharma. All other dharmas come after propagating species from the Dharma Shastra perspective. So he agrees. Devayani gave birth to Yadu. So Yadu, who's Yadu? Yadu is the, that lineage becomes the Yadavas. Yadavas is a, a family of Krishna, right? So that means this whole mysterious little scene, these have become the descendants, this, this becomes the vehicle for Krishna to be in the earth, to be on earth, to embody Krishna to be born. So uh, uh, Devayani gave birth to Yadu and Turvasu and Sarmishta, the daughter of Vishnu Parva, born three sons. Druya, Anu, and Puru. On coming to know that her husband, the king, had children of Sharmista, the proud Devayani was moved to great anger and went away to her father Shukra's house. The love infatuated Yayati, Yayati, sorry, my brain, went after her and tried to pacify her with sweet words and personal endearments, but failed. Ran after her. No, 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 but you misunderstood, you know, like this. Angry Shukra now cursed the king. Shukra is, remember that he's a very, very powerful yogi. He's a guru of the gods, right? He knows all mantras, all power. So he cursed the king. He says, Angry, you, you, uh, Oh, you liar and slave of lust. Right? Old age, which makes a human form ugly, shall now set onto you. So immediately he, shri- he let me shrivel up and become old. Right? Yayati said, I have not been satisfied with life with your daughter, right? You've cursed me, you became an old man, right? But I, I'm not, you know, I'm not finished enjoying, because they're young, right? I'm not satisfied, uh, uh, I'm not satisfied with my physical enjoyment. We're just starting, we're young, with your daughter. Then it says, so Shukra replied, if any person is willing to take over your old age, may you be, you may, may you be capable of transferring it to him and yourself receive his youth. So the question is, why did Shukra grant that boon? Right? When he said that I'm not finished enjoying with your daughter, really was he also saying your daughter is also not finished. She's only, she has many more children she could bear. Right? She is also young and all of a sudden you're cursing her to be married to an old, dried up man. Right? That's not, you know, marriage or may you be the son, you know, may, may you, uh, you're giving her to a happy life and now you're cursing her to a miserable life. Right? You're marrying an old man. Uh, so Shukra is saying, you know, that's true, I shouldn't have, I went overboard with my curse, <laughs> right? Curses are always go overboard. My curses are also usually all slightly overboard. <coughs> Luckily, <laughs> not much power behind them. <coughs> uh, so, he, uh, uh, so he mitigated the curse. If, perchance, somebody will trade your, health, your youth with your old age, Right then, then, then you can be young and you can enjoy again my my daughter, which is really saying my daughter can enjoy with you, right? The pleasures of of of, of a physical life, right? The normal pleasures of life, right? Making her a mother, making her a wife, like this. Under this settlement, the king called his eldest son Yadu, and said, "Oh, dear son Yadu, you take over for the time being this old age of mine, and let me have your youth." Can imagine many things have been written on this just this re- this type of request. Imagine going a, a young 
or I mean an adult father telling their young teenage boy, you let's exchange youth. You give me your youth, I'll you take my old age. Right? Now that's a cruel thing to do, but means that that, that father is um, infatuated. He's so addicted to his uh, desire and to enjoyment that he's not thinking about anybody else's pleasure but his own. Not thinking about his son's future, not thinking about his happiness, about his family. Of course, that happens also in our in our own experience. Sometimes we, we get some self we don't think of other people's natures, what, they, what other people's needs. So it's not only the... This is a, a story of somebody who's addicted to lustful activity, but also somebody who's selfish. Because selfish is actually thinking, thinking that your, your pleasure is more important than anybody else's needs. Your desire, uh, almost ridiculous desire, is, is, is more important than other people's legitimate needs. Right? The child has every right, according to his own karma, to enjoy his own life. Right? So this is... Uh, so, uh, it is your maternal grandfather who conferred this old age on me. I have not been satisfied with worldly enjoyments. Let me enjoy the pleasures of life for some time more with the help of your youth. What a question. Yadu said, I am not ready to take on your old age that has overtaken you in the middle of your own life. For I have only just started enjoying life's pleasures. And without sufficient enjoyment of them, a man cannot get a distaste for them. So this is interesting. That this is his, his reason. Yadu is a very righteous. He's, he's going to father... It's going to father the lineage of Krishna, right? And so many important, and, and we get from this, we get from the, this batch of souls and kings and, and, and princes and, and sages, we get the Pandavas, we get the whole, that whole story, all those characters come from this, from this moment, actually, right? So there's a couple of things. In, another, in the next verse, when he asks his other sons, some other sons, this is the, uh, of, um, um, of Sharmishta, they say no also, but for a different reason, right? He's saying no not because of his selfishness, right? Other ones, they say they're, dharma, they're adharmagna. They don't know what dharma is, or they know what adharma is. That's another way of saying adharmagna, right? They're not, they have knowledge of adharma, right? But this is not said of Yadu. Yadu has dhar, knows dharma. And so he says, I'm, with a, I'm not ready to take on your old age, for I have only just started enjoying life's pleasures, and without sufficient enjoyment of them, a man cannot get distaste for them. So there's a potential flaw in this, because uh, we're going to find out the point of the story, one of the, the, the um, uh, morals, of this story, uh, mor- morals of the story, is that satisfying desire doesn't, doesn't, sa- satisfying desire doesn't make you satisfied. Right? But that's not what he said, that when, without satisfying desire, one does not get a distaste for them. Right, so because there's uh, background of the Bhagavatam is this Varnashram system. There's stages of life, right? And so there's a, there's natural stages most people go through. We you know, the student period, uh, then there is a marriage period when one when one gets a mate, one has a family, one enjoys those those pleasures and energies of life. When uh, one becomes economically uh, active, uh, um, enjoys like this, kama, artha, dharma, right? Uh, uh, and then, then one retires from that naturally, hopefully, at fifty or so or older. Then one enters this vanaprast life, and then in the old tradition. Then one becomes a sannyasi or an ascetic, and in in, at the end of the life, entirely focused. So this only works 
if you've been the only like like vana process and sannyas is like ah it's a disgust already i've already enjoyed too much it's not it, it you lose your taste that disgust it doesn't happen unless you've tasted it right you can't like be thick of chocolate unless you've eaten lots of unless you've tasted chocolate <laughs> right so you can come into oh choc- i hate chocolate well you've never had chocolate right or not or you know or you've had it and you like it but you tell yourself you don't like it that's what usually what the renunciation people's renunciation is Right, so he knows that if he's going to go through these stages at the end of his life, he's not going to, he's not going to be able to put, take his mind away. If, if he gives his youth to his father and becomes old, and then at the end of his life he gets his youth back, again he's, going to, he's, he's, not, he's, he's, a, uh, he's not going to be able to go through those stages. He's not going to be able to, at the end of life, withdraw his mind from the world and put his mind on God. And the purpose, this paramgati, this ultimate purpose is attainment of God. So I can't take it because it may stop me from attaining God ultimately. And a second point, he'll also have to become a father of children, right? Including that would eventually become Krishna. So if he doesn't, the whole purpose of this beautiful play of life is one of the purposes of the beautiful play of life is the propagation of the species and lineage, lineages. So he has to do his duty, not only his his his. His duty as uh, as a member of society is to is to father a lineage of kings that will give Krishna eventually, uh, and his spiritual duty is to realize God at the end, right? So he's thinking, if I do this, these two, my even my worldly duty and my spiritual duty will be affected, right? So that's the big big point, right? So he says, no, I'm not going to take on your old age. In spite of their father's pleading. The other two sons, uh, sons Truvasu, Druha, and Anu, also refused to accept the proposal, being ignorant of dharma. This is that adharmagna, and being under the mistaken notion that their fleeting youth was perpetual. So that's another adharma. But they also believe that no, we're 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 just going to and we're, you know, because it didn't come from Nazi. The the first son, he knew that youth wasn't perpetual. That's why he couldn't give up his youth. It's important to use it properly. It goes through the proper stages. The other son thinking, "Oh no, we should just enjoy, right? Who, why do we give up our youth? Right? The youth is forever. We can enjoy forever. Let the old man do what he does. He 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 earned his own. He did his own mistake. Actually, it's his love for the joys of life that brought him this. Why should we have to suffer for this? We're just starting, you know. <laughs> Remembering one of our friends." Uh, met one sadhu and the sadhu and he was asking questions about brahmacharya so the sadhu naturally gave if a young boy comes and asks questions about sadhu life and brahmacharya you give full like a good blast of, of, of renunciation and there's no pleasure in the body of, you know it's like you just really 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 plow. and then the person kind of looked a little down and I won't say the name some people may a few people here may know uh, 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 and he says what's the matter and he says well like well, I've just I haven't even started <laughs> Right, you know, I even started enjoying, right? And then and he, he slapped him. Then, then eat well and enjoy. He said, <laughs> he gave all blessings. Right, he's useful, right? Because you know, we read something, we think, oh, we should renounce like that. But everybody has to go through. He hasn't started yet, right? So, same type of thing. These boys haven't started yet. His last son Puru, who was young in years, but I'm oh, sorry. Next, he made the same request. To his last son Puru, who was young in years but advanced in virtue, he said, Dear one, do not refuse my request like your elder brothers. 
Puddha replied, O best of men, who can make an adequate return to one's father for the gift of this body, which is a means for attaining the highest values? The Father's grace helps us to realize our highest destiny. So here he got a good answer, right? Uh, and but but also show this this boy's wisdom is unique. He's not coming from a selfish perspective. It's an example of this uh, filial duty, the, the duty of a son to their parents. But it comes not just from society telling you have to obey your parents and do what they say, right? Because uh, uh, scriptures even say the, if the parents say you do something irreligious, you don't follow that person. But, but he's thinking, my father, the father and the mother and father's wish should never be because they give us this body. And only in this body can one attain that highest goal. It seems that the human body is, seems to be special. Right? There is examples of, 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 of other species of life in the scriptures attaining realization and liberation. But it's always by the grace of great souls and infusion of mercy. Right? Mm. He was saying his body, which is the property, and he named his. Yes, 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 yes. His property is the body. Yes, his body is the property of the parent. Yeah. Um, mm. But uh, this, but it seems that this, but it seems that it. Uh, what the scriptures say that only in this human form of life can one struggle, can attain realization, attain liberation. In the lower species, one has a car. Just one just goes primarily by instinct, um, um, and then and then in the higher quote-unquote, higher species of devas, one also is enjoying the fruits of one's karma. There's not really free will, right? Uh, but in the human species, we have both, or just in between. And, and here we have, seem to have free freedom, we can, we can choose, and we have that type of freedom that allows us to develop our consciousness. And so this human form of life is very precious, and our parents give us this human body, right? For that, we have to be very grateful. So that's his, his approach. Is like so his understanding of, of this is from a very dharmic perspective. Dear, um, um, O best of men, who can make an adequate return to one's father for gifting of this body, which is a means for attaining the highest values, paramgati. The father's grace helps us to realize our highest destiny. The best son is the one who performs the father's wishes, even without telling. The one who does what is asked is a middling. And the bad one, this is the same we were talking the other day, the 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 highest, the middle, and the the lowest. These are categories, right? The best son is the one who knows who knows what the father wants and does it before being asked, right? The middle son is one who does something when he's asked, and the lowest quality son is the one who executes the father's command in a careless and imperfect way, and he who totally refuses to do anything, even when asked by the father, cannot be called the father's son, but can only be called his excreta, or stool. It's very strong. This is actually a very powerful, I don't have the, I have it in Devanagari, but my Devanagari skills aren't good. I don't have that in uh, Sanskrit in front of me. The word is, it's it's a, that term is a very famous term. Our guru's guru used to use this term also, because both, he says that both, both, both children and, and, and urine come from the same body part. Right. If if one one lives a moral life, one is considered a child. If one lives an immoral life, one is considered like stool or urine. It's a harsh thing to say, but this is this is the thinking of this uh, this age, right? Yeah, this is what he's talking. Yeah, and then and then the, then one that's com- worst of all, the highest, the middle, and the and the lowest. And so, which one is this son? 
he's not the highest because he didn't immediately go and go and give, take my take my old age, take my young age, right? But he, so he's an example of the second, this middle uh, that if you ask me to do, I shall do it immediately, right? Saying so, Puru took over his father's old age on himself with joy, and Yayati, assuming his youth, enjoyed the pleasures of life to his heart content. The king ruled over the seven continents of the earth like a father to his subjects and enjoyed the good things of life with unfading vigor of the senses. And his beloved wife, Devayani, gave him the most intense joy and privacy with all the endowments of her mind, words, and body. By the performance of several yajnas accompanied by plentiful dakshinas, he adored the supreme being Hari, the recipient of all yajnas, the embodiment of all the Vedas and all deities and the eraser, the embodiment of all deities and the eraser of all miseries. So as king, he's doing big yajnas. This is one of the duties of kings, right? But in the yajnas, you worship Vishnu, right? And so if you're doing, uh, so something, hearing, doing this puja, worshiping God, something stirs in his mind. Establishing in his heart Vasudeva, we started this month Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudeva. Establishing in his heart Vasudeva, the indweller, the subtlest of the subtlest, based on whom this universe shines like clouds in the sky or like objects seen in dreams, magical show, a reverie, and in whom it subsides when the mind has become calm. Establishing him, known also as Narayana, in the heart, he adored him with yajyas, giving up all selfish motive. So while he was attached to his uh, enjoying physically with his wife in his youthful body, he doing this puja, you're thinking of Vishnu. And Vishnu is the source of everything. He's, uh, he's consciousness itself in which everything exists. So that has an effect. You're thinking of that. You get a taste like, what? remember Vishnu, love of God is the goal. So even the, the thinking of that awakens something. What am I doing? Right? Like if you think of what, what comes to you, it's like, oh my God, I'm, I've been enjoying a thousand years with my, with my son's youth. Right? This is like, Thus for a thousand years, the emperor enjoyed by means of the five roguish senses and the mind, the pleasures which are really uh, mental. Yet he found no set, uh, satiety. Satiety. Satisfaction. <laughs> I never, uh, he, he enjoyed for a thousand years all these enjoyments, but that are really in the mind, not really in the senses. Still he found no peace. So this is where uh, uh, we kind of pick up here. Let's see. Okay. So uh, Yati uh, has an awakening and uh, some uh, a little bit of a renunciation and an aspiration. What am I doing? What have I done the last thousand years? So he takes his wife and he tells a story to his wife, right, to explain his realization and share his realization. Sri Shuka said, Immersed in sensual indulgences, Yayati became aware after some time of his steep spiritual fall. He then developed a revulsion for sensuality and narrated the follow story, following story to his wife. O daughter of sage Shukra, Hear a story that is that is parallel to mine. Listen to a story that's very similar with mine. In which story some sage living in the forest bemoaned the fate of one who has given himself up to sensual indulgences. Once upon a time, 
A he-goat was moving about in the forest, eating whatever he liked. He came across a she-goat that had fallen into a well, owing to the force of its past karma. Right, this is a story. Right, it's like, once upon a time, a goat was in the, and he heard, ah, about a goat that fell into the well. The sex-incoxicated he-goat, on seeing the female in the well, began to think of ways and means of lifting her out. Digging the sides of the well with his horns, he made a passage for the she-goat to come out of the well. On coming out of the well, that beautiful she-goat desired to have, to have that, desired to have that he-goat as her mate. So this is this is a uh, this is a story. Right? Seeing him mated with her, many other she-goats seeking mates also sought him. Seeing him so plump and beautiful and lusty and tireless and like this. A slave to lust, the he-goat never thought of his own true nature. But the she-goat that was rescued from the well could not bear the sight of her husband mating with other she-goats. Thus seeing her husband unfaithful, hypocritical, vicious, and bent on enjoyment, only she went away to her master's place in grief, in great grief. But that pitiable he-goat, addicted to this com- her company, ran after her bleeding in many ways to conjole and please her, but in vain. In great anger, the owner of the she-goat, a brahmana, now castrated the goat. But through his occult power, he later united. He, uh, I'm not going to give the full works because of our mixed crowd. He reversed the castration, you could say, uh, 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 the body of the he-goat, so that the he-goat might continue to make, for the, so the she-goat might continue to make with him. Thus the he-goat, after the restoration of his virility, has been indulging in several pleasures with its mate, the she-goat, from the well, but he has not reached any satisfaction yet. So by telling, of course, this is exactly the story of his backstory, right? He's interpreting, but why telling the story like that? Is it just a, because this is a point, actually, all those things are natural things. All those things of meeting somebody, a chance meeting by karma, Right, uh, 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 somebody saving another. When people fall in love, people having children, people, other people, complicated relationships happen. There's breakups. There's reunification. All these things happen. But these things happen. These are just things in nature. These are these are human nature, but they're not. They're also goat nature and pig nature and dog nature and bird nature and 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 salamander nature. These are just common. This is the the this is pakriti. This is just life in nature, right? Right. This and and. That's the, one of the main, this is, I, I believe this is one of the main points of the story. The point, the story is a little bit anti-world, a little bit renunciant focus. But the point behind it, it gives value to everything, but it gives only so much value to everything. And I was, when I was reading, working on this section, I was remem- remembering, I've told this story maybe once before here. Uh, uh, some time ago I was walking on the beach with uh, Kalipada in, in, in Venice. And by some divine arrangement, I met one sadhu. And we were unexpected to see this old holy man named Swami Nataraj, Baba Nataraj is his name. Very interesting holy man, very inspiring. And we sat for about two hours and had satsang with him. He was on a bench, right, by chance meeting, no, not by chance meeting. Uh, and one of the points he said, I remember the, the main point is he said many things, but the main point he said, he said, there's nothing wrong with anything. Nothing wrong with family, nothing wrong with having a job, nothing wrong with having children, nothing wrong with taking care of your parents, nothing wrong with, the, you know, it's like all these things, are his are karma. It's your dharma and your karma. But that's not why we're here. That's not why we actually came. That was his main point, 
right? That, that all that is fine. We find ourselves doing this is life. We're doing our life, but the purpose of our life really is to wake up. He said, right? And there's a story way long back in the Bhagavatam that describes a soul in the womb, right? And actually, at certain points, you you see the whole. At a certain point, the embryo is even like this, right? Uh, and it says in the scriptures that the embryo is praying, that because you remember your past life, your many past lives, and the embarrassment of life after life, being born in a human body to attain God-realization and wasting your life. And then at the time of death, having that memory come back again. Mm. And then in fresh bodies, oh, this time, Lord, please don't let me forget you. Please don't let me forget you. I want to remember. I want to wake up. I want to attain the reason of this human birth, the ultimate reason. But again, you know, the, the child's born, somebody slaps its butt, it starts crying, and it forgets, right? That sadhu said, actually, there's still, even in the beginning, you're, you're still, you look at a child, and his eyes, they're half remember. You could see, like, they're, so they're, you can see they both remember and they're forgetting. Mm-hmm. Bit by bit, slowly, 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 you forget. And then we go through our life, and what happens? We walk in the forest. We hear we hear a very a very beautiful sound from some well, <laughs> right? You know, dad gives us a car. We go pick her up. You know, <laughs> all things the whole thing starts all over again, right? And it's all fine. This is nature. This is a but it's, it's only nature. It's not the real the ultimate goal. It's not the this uh, paramgati, the supreme destination, the real destination. Our Guruji used to always say, just like. All of you have come here for some reason. You came to see Mar, to hear this talk, or do kirtan, pray. Um, for any, anywhere you go, you, come, you go for a reason. Right? You may do other things, but it's the main reason why you came. Maybe you came just to see Ma, and now you're stuck. You can't get out without um, giving a talk. Right? So now you're hearing a talk. Right? Other things happen. Right? But the main reason you came is, has to be there. Uh, so similarly, he says that, so similarly, we've entered this body for a reason. Right? And he says, realizing the self, that's the goal of life. That's why we re- that's why we've entered this. That's why we came here, right? So this is that story. It's like we get that all the things. This whole dramatic, incredibly dramatic life that he just described, and the, the Mahabharata it's told much more elaborately and more dramatically, right? Uh, but ultimately, it's a story of a goat. It's a couple. It's just or a goat or pigs or dogs or people or swans or. It's a, it's a story of life. It's a story. It's a biological. It's a biological level of life. Right? It's not that higher, and we can easily, in it, if we get stuck in it, we forget the higher goal of life, transcendent goal. Where are we here? Oh, handsome lady, his dear wife, I too have been like that, a pitiful creature bound by love for you and infatuated by your charms, going about without any understanding of my spiritual self. And this is, this is where I started translating some of the verses because they're important. Yat pritam vrihi yavyam. Yat prityam. On this earth, this whole, on this, in this world or on this earth, vrihi, uh, vrihi yavyam. Vrihi means grains or, or rice. Yavyam means barley, means uh, food, right? Hiranyam. Uh, Hiranyam, gold, money. Pashavaha. Pasha means animals or livestock. This is a sign of wealth in traditional cultures. Sritya means wife or he's or him talking about himself. It's wife, husband, woman, a man like this. So on this world, all the, uh, where is it, Sriha? 
all the grains, all the barley, all the gold, all the livestock, and all the men and women of this on this earth cannot satisfy a single person, a one person who is a victim of lust. Kama hatasya, one who is victimized by lust. Not there's natural enjoyment. Kama is one of the purushartas, right? Dharma kama, artha moksha, right? That's not what's meant here. One is who's been wounded, who's been almost killed by lust, right? That means all, and so this is almost an identical story. It's that identical line when the story of, um, who is the little dwarf? Vamana. Vamana, when uh, he was offered, he asked, what do you want by King Bali? Right? He said, I just want three steps of land. No, no, ask for something big. I, I can give you the whole universe, not knowing that three steps of land was the whole universe, right? But he, but he says, no, 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 no. He, he also says that the whole universe, all, all money, all, uh, all wealth, all land, all power, and all women, as a young boy speaking, cannot satisfy one man who is full of desires. Right? He says, and he says, cannot satisfy somebody who is not satisfied with three steps of land. Right? So that's actually what three steps, we talked about this when we talked all that story, three steps of land is how long, basically how long it takes to, how much space you need to lay down. Right? How much food you need is a, a, few, a few handfuls of rice, or chapati uh, uh, to keep your keep your life going, and how much land you you need actually is a place to sleep, right? We get much more by our karmas and our dharma and our work, right? We we we, we get more, but what we need is a little bit. So if you're not satisfied with a little bit, no matter how much you get, you won't be satisfied. So here's another way of uh, the same thing. Remember, this is being sold to a dying man. These story, both of these stories, these lines are there, right? So you have to telling that man, you start putting your mind on higher things. I'm going to start telling you about Krishna soon. Right, then you have to know you have to know that that is the only goal of life. Right, he says so all the grains, barley, gold, livestock, women of the earth cannot satisfy a person who is victim, who is a victim of lust. In the um, in the uh, uh, Prabhupada has a commentary on Bhagavatam, and in it he simply quotes one line. It's a line from the um, uh, tenth skanda. Uh, uh, th- um, the very the last in the thirty third chapter of the tenth skanda is Rasalila, so that's a very important ten thirty three is the essence of the Rasa. That's the the heart of the whole book, right? And the last line of that chapter, the last line that the 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 dun dun, you know, the final <laughs> the, the final point of that section on Rasalila. Uh, Let me find it here. Says that anyone who medit uh, 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 anyone uh, uh, where is it? Shada uh, avita, one who hears or one who speaks, what about the the loving relationship means Rasulila between Vishnu, Krishna, and the young damsels of Vrindavan, Vraja. Uh, 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 Avraja, uh, these young girls of Raj, right? One who meditate by meditating, by hearing, by speaking, by meditating, by reciting the story, which is the whole thing. What happens, right? By reciting the story of God's love affair with the gopis, Krishna and the gopis, right? It's very esoteric. We can misunderstand it, and we 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 misunderstand it, and we think it's it's talking about lust, but it says this is a very interesting line. It says. The disease of lust within the heart will immediately be driven away, and one will become sober without delay. 
meditating on the, the on, on Krishna Lila de destroys all lust, all kama, and one becomes completely as his dita. One becomes firm and fixed and mature, right? So that's the uh, the uh, that no amount of enjoyment makes desire go away, satisfies you. But a little bit of thinking, just thinking about uh, about this divine, real devotion to God, that completely satisfies you, immediately. Right? It's an interesting, he quotes half the verse, just the second half of the verse, that the way you become satisfied is by meditating upon God. But the verse he doesn't, the part he doesn't quote the thing is about God's love affair. Right? <laughs> How we overcome, we're all looking for, for satisfaction, but real satisfaction comes in that realm. So, let's see here, verse 14. Na jatu kamaha kamanam. Kama kamanam, the lust of the desires of a lustful person. Na jatu, no amount of time. Upabhogena samyati. That at no time can satisfying desire, trying to, upabhogena, uh, just trying to enjoy, satisfy a lustful person. It will never make that person uh, satisfied. And then it says, Havisha Krishna Varatmeva Bhuyo Eva Bhiva Varadate. It's just like pouring, Havisha means ghee, ghee into a fire. Right? If you pour ghee into a fire, it's like, oh, we have a, a raging fire, let's put it out. How do we put out the fire? Maybe ghee. Let's try pouring ghee into it. That might do it. Right? That doesn't work. Right? So, so we think uh, by desi our desires are unlimited desires. The way, we sat the way we put it out is by satisfying them. But it's like pouring ghee into a fire. It won't actually, never, so enjoyment can never be satisfied by the desire of a lustful person. Repeatedly pouring ghee into a fire only increases it. 14, 15. Now he gives a different approach. Yadana kurvite bhavam sarva bhutishu amangalam sama drishtes tada pumsaha sarva sukkamaya dishaha. One who does not see all beings with inauspicious attachment. Interesting, this is Sarvabhuteshu Amangalam. Bhava Sarvabhuteshu Amangalam. What does that mean? Bhava is this attitude of, of, of Amangala. That means, and it's talking about desire, which means seeing, thing, seeing people, all beings, inauspiciously. When I look at you and think I want, and I think you see of you as an object of my enjoyment. Not just you, but anything. Sarvabhuteshu means all beings, it also means all elements. Right, that pollutes everything. Right, one who does not see everything is just how can I, how can I be satisfied by it? This father is even looking at his children. How can he satisfy my desire? We do that to our children also. How do they satisfy our needs and desires? Right. Um, uh, but rather sees sarva sama drishtestada pumsaha. Rather sees all beings equally, right? Spiritually, that person finds. Uh, Sarva Sukkamaya Dishaha. In all direction, directions, he sees only happiness. Right? That's the secret. When, when, if you see people, if you see everybody uh, spiritually and not as objects of your own enjoyment, inauspiciously, Amangala, then you see happiness everywhere. Right? We have one video of this um, in that uh, Origins of Yoga video. They talk you know, on nice sadhu, very nice sadhu, and and he and he says in translation, he says they say this is Kali Yuga. But I don't see, I don't see a Kali Yuga at all. I see only bliss and happiness. 
Because he's seen everything divine, he sees only only joy and happiness, right? So that's this is one verse here. Just gives the secret, right? Let's see. That's verse fifteen. Some verses I translated, I didn't. Yes. Okay. Those desiring their own welfare. One who desires their own welfare should at once give up. Uh, um, actually, it doesn't use here, it doesn't use um, desire, it uses um, Trishna. Trishna means thirst. Right? So, it's not, so you have to understand pleasure is not bad. Right? Even Kama, even sexual pleasure, which we're talking about, it also is not bad. No pleasure is bad. But the, the un- thirst for pleasure keeps us bound. That's not, that's not satisfying. Can never satisfy. Kahilga Braun says, uh, you know, uh, 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 wrong quote. In my mental Rolodex of Kahilga Braun quotes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so uh, give up this thirst. I, I mistranslated desire, the thirst. Those desiring their own welfare should at once give up the thirst, the cause of all kinds of sufferings. Dukkha Nivadhan. Which will not diminish even when the body is is diminished. Jiryato na ya na jiryate. Jiryate means becoming decrepit, right? So when you get, in other words, when you get when we that when we get old, desire won't go. We're thinking, oh, my old age, desire will go. But the body gets old, but desire is not in the body; it's in the mind. And so you still, so you think, even the, our our thirst for pleasure will not diminish even when our power diminishes. When we diminish, the desire will not diminish. Right? Many people have told me who work in hospitals and the like, you enter, uh, 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 a nurse enters an old person's room, the eyes follow the nurse, follow, you know, <laughs> and the body is useless. The body is, cannot do anything. But the mind is still full of desire and hope, thirst, trishna. Right? So then this is a verse, this, this verse actually is a strong verse, it's a verse meant for sannyasis and brahmacharis, the rule of sannyasi and brahmacharis, it's not meant for everybody, but the principle can be taken for everybody. Matra swashra duhitrava, matra means your mother, swasra means one's sister, and duhitra means daughter, right? right. So. The purest relationships we have, this is from a man's perspective, you have to understand this is uh, one thing we have to deal with in the book. It's written primarily from the male perspective. We can universalize it immediately. But from the, from a, from the man's perspective, the purest way to look upon women, besides one's, actually it says, the time of initiation, little boy, the time of sacred thread, he's told, he's ta- taught to tie uh, the kopen, and he says, you should look upon all women except your, your future wife, Right, as as your mother, right. That's a pure way of looking, right? The protection, so that he can get until until he's properly married. Then, the the of course the uh, so, a mother, a sister, and a child. An older woman we call mother, an equal woman of the same age we call a sister, and a younger woman we think is our daughter. This is a safe attitude, but not that safe. It's an art. It's it's a we thinking. It's a safer attitude, right? So he says one should not sit on the same seat intimately next privately even with one's mother, sister, or daughter. For the senses are so strong, they can agitate even the learned. 
Right. Even so, uh, uh, this is a harsh principle, but anything is. Tsuyama Krishna also says, if one has what is it? Uh, 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 you can't drink water. Uh, or the rabies. Oh, yeah. We haven't decided on what this word means, but there's a, some sort of del- a delirium where the medicine you're not supposed to drink water during this delirium, right? And you keep in your house, in your room, a big pot full of water. Right and a bunch of really tasty tamarind pickle. Right, just thinking the tamarind pickle makes you your mouth want water. Right, but that water is agitating. You're not supposed to. It's not good for you to drink this water. So, in, so the proper doctor says, "Oh, you know, don't come, come sit over here. Don't be in the direct presence of things that are agitated because you're not going to heal. You're not going to be healed. You're going to be tempted to drink water, and you're and you're not going to get healed." So this. Uh, this is about this verse is about um, uh, uh, not exposing yourself foolishly t- uh, too much. Then he says an example. I myself, pumsava purnam varsha sahasra sahasra me, for a full thousand years, right? Vishayan sevato sakrit. I've been enjoying with you, my dear wife, right, for a thousand full years. Now, this is these are divine kings, not a hundred years, a thousand years, right? Without break, right? Yet my thirst for gratification is only increasing, not decreasing. Tasmarita maham twaktva. Therefore, tasmat, therefore, etan, aham, to I am immediately giving up. This is a big moment, right? Right. And instead, brahmanya adhyaya manas, adhyaya man, manasam. And I am focusing my mind on Brahman, on the Supreme. That's, remember, that's the ultimate. Now he's lived a thousand years. As a king, he was supposed to live a, a dharma king's life. He broke some dharma by, by his lustful desire. He traded his, he made it, talked his son to giving him his youth, right? And, uh, uh, instead of sa- accepting the curse that he himself earned by breaking his promise to Shukracharya. Uh, uh, so he, uh, dharmically, he's enjoyed so much, right? Now he says, but now, now I'm going to do what the original purpose that I had forgotten after a thousand years. I've forgotten to focus my mind upon Brahman. Nir, nir dvandva, without uh, duality, without difference. Nira ahankaras, without ego. Charisyami mrigai saha. I'm going to move in, it says actually in all the translations in the forest. It says mriga uh, saha, uh, means with deer. Right? I'm going to where the deer, I'm going with the deers. That's a way of saying I'm going to the forest, right? So this actually means his Vanaprastha, right? And so it's it, you have to understand this is not meant these. We, oh my God, we should never. We have to give up everything and not sit in the, in the same room as anybody and go off to. This is meant after a thousand years. His thousand years means our hundred years, which means at least our fifty years. Right? It's meant to be taken in perspective, right? Um, uh, so now he's going to his Vanaprastha life. I've, I've, I've by my simple act, I shall. Giving I'm going to focus my mind on that non-dual, uh, uh, egoless Brahman, uh, and I'm going to the forest. It's 
then he gives this is part of his sermon so this is this is the punchline for all of us right drishtam shrutam asar budva drishtvam that's what you see what's seen shrutam what is heard ashat means temporary or not real right budva one should understand Understand that everything that we... It, this is the many meanings of this verse. Usually it's translated as what you see and what you means is the senses, what we hear in the senses isn't really real. It's temporary. If not, asat means temporary. Asat means unreal. It's a different definition because the Vedic definition of real is something that exists in type, past, present, and future. Right? So it's te- minimally it's temporary. If it's not, it, maybe it's real, but it's temporary. Right? Asat also means not uh, beneficial, ultimately. It has many things. Asat. But also, drishta means this world, and shruta means the world that we've heard about. What does that mean? Heaven, right? This is our because the Vedas are full of descriptions of what you have if you do your dharma properly. You do your proper pujas. You go to some heaven, right? But heaven is also temporary. This world, our material world, is temporary, and the heavenly world that we can attain by our karmas is also temporary. Right, that's another commentaries have mentioned, the tradition also mentions like that. This verse has to be understand both ways. Both what we hear see and hear, what we've experienced, what we and also this world and the next world. This is why Swami Vivekananda said that, that this world, heaven and earth have only one name, earth. He says it's the same thing. It's just a projection. Heaven is just a wish for projection. If it exists or not exists, it doesn't matter. It's simply more of the it's just another extension of our worldly consciousness, right? Then he said that it's better if there would be no such thing as heaven, and our foolish dreams would break sooner. Right? That's a very because otherwise because already you can see he, he uh, uh, we can get we can forget our goal in one life we can forget you know that childhood we we're talking about looking in the mother eyes still remembering something of its spiritual destiny and spiritual goal and spiritual consciousness and slowly going away. And, but 100 years, most of us live, won't live 100 years, you know, 60, 70, 80 years, and we get another chance, <laughs> right? But imagine if you go to some heaven world for 10,000 years, 10,000 divine years, cycles of creation, forgetting, right? And getting stuck in some temporary world thinking it's real. So this word, drishtam, shrutam, ashat, ashat, understanding clearly that anything that's the, the theme world and the heard about world or anything that's perceived by the senses is temporary. Uh-uh. What is it? Nanu dhyayena na sandishit samsriti. That one should not even think about these things. One should not imagine these things. One should also not engage too much in these things. Because why? It says samsritam cha atma nasham cha. So atma nasham. Means so, atma means self, and nasha means destroys. Now, of course, the self can't be destroyed. What this means is we forget, right? We forget the self. We forget our real goal. If we get too much caught into it. We we forget. We forget what the real goal is. Right? Such a person who thinks like this, he says, is a vidvam sa atma drik. One that a person is a knower of the self. Even though he indulges his sixth sense, now this is talking about the king. Uh, no, I'm skipping. Sorry, twenty-two, twenty-two. Uh, this is chapter number twenty. 
Okay. Saying so to his wife, Yayati, Yayati gave back to Puru his youth he had taken from him and resumed his own old age. He was now without any desire for enjoyments. Regarding his sons, he appointed Drutyu as ruler of the southeastern part of his empire, Yadu, the southern parts, Turvasu to the western parts, and Anu, the northern parts. When he finally, de finally departed to the forest as an ascetic, he made the noble Puru the emperor over the whole earth and its people, his elder brothers being only subordinate rulers under him. Just as, fl no, this is the, uh, this verse uh, I translated, Asevitam varshapugam sar vargam vishayesusaha. Even though he engaged his, he was engaged for uh, his six senses. Six senses means the five senses and the mind, right? In the senses, in, in the pleasures for so many years, thousand years, etc. Right? Krishna muncha nidham jata paksha eva drijaha. He, in a moment, he gave them up. Although he was attached for a thousand years, it was in a moment he gave them up, right? And it says, like. A bird leaves its nest when its wings become strong. Right? There's also a time factor. As soon as like a bird that's that's living in its living in its nest all this time, you know you what we've had it's very stressful bird we call it birdie season, I call him in there. And spring when all the birds nest in our trees and we're watching and so nervous, keeping cats and crows away. Right? Uh, uh, uh. and then then eventually what happens you see, you know within a second, as soon as they're ready, they're gone, they fly. Right, so all but but all that time in its nest was necessary, but at a certain point it flies, right? So that king, it took for him it took a thousand years, uh, uh, stealing his son's uh, youth, right? For him to get the spiritual maturity to realize what my goal is and immediately fly toward that goal. And it also uses words dvija. Dvija means bird. Dvija means what else? Twice born. Twice born. So this is a name for this is also a word for brahmanas who are who are by initiation a second birth, but it's also a name of any spiritual spire. At the time of initiation, you become dvija, right? You have a, you have birth. Your parents give you this body as your first birth, and the guru gives you your spiritual body as your second birth, right? So at second birth, our mind is supposed to, like a bird, fly to different. That should the fruit of that should take us to a different realm. The the body that we get from our mother and father. That's enjoys in this realm, and the body we get with our, from our spiritual mother and father, we have a higher experience. Twenty-four, twenty-four. The famous king Yayati immediately was liberated from all attachments. Nirmukta samasta sangha. Nirmukta became completely liberated. Samasta sangha from every type of bondage and attachment within a second, right? Atma um, Anubhutya, and he had direct experience of the self within an instant. That's Swami Vivekananda in the, in the discipleship lecture, which is one of my favorite of Vivekananda's, Swami Vivekananda's lectures. He says that uh, how long does self realization take? An instant. Right? It's like he says uh, a room was dark for a thousand years, you turned on the light. How long does the darkness take a thousand years to get rid of? It can, or instantly. Could, as soon as light comes, it's everything is seen. Or the example of, of seeing a, a famous example in Vedanta of a, seeing a rope, a coiled rope, and thinking it's a snake. 
But as soon as you see it's a snake, as soon as you write, oh, it's a rope. How long did the, how long to that realization when you see it's a, sna- it's a rope and the snake disappears? How long? It's also instantly, within a second. Swami Vivekananda said, within a twinkling of an eye. How long did it take? Twinkling of an eye. So within an instant, he became free from every type of attachment and had direct experience, direct darshan of the Lord, of God. Viruta trilingaha. Viduta means he becomes purified or cleansed. Trilingaha. Trilinga means the three signs, means the three gunas. He immediately became purified or untouched by the gunas. Pare. Uh, Pare means supreme, para, transcendental. Amale. Amale means without stain. Right? He attained what? He, he attained that transcendental supreme being that's without stain. Uh, uh, Brahmani Vasudeva. That supreme Brahman, the supreme absolute truth, here known as Vasudeva. We say Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudeva. We mean Krishna. We mean the son of Vasudev, right? We mean the all-pervading spirit. We mean the supreme Brahman. Here it means both these things. He attained that Brahmani Vasudevaha, Labhe Gatim. He achieved Gatim, his destination. That's the ultimate point, right? This whole story, it's a, it's a rough story, but the point is we have to attain our destination. And talking to our, with our uh, Guruji, Omananda, about a little bit about this, he says that you have to remember, he, has, he, he uses this term, our Bodo Guruji, Vishwavana had this term, our aim and object. That was his language. That is like, don't forget your aim and object. Right? And so we have an ultimate aim and object. So the, Swami Omana describes, if you're going, let's say from here to San Encinitas, I have to go to, to meet somebody in Encinitas. Right? So we're going, that's a goal. Right? So along the way, there is so many, so much traffic. And we have to move from this lane and that. And we have to manipulate everything. But if we keep going, or we're going to Encinitas, then you can, you can navigate the traffic. So many obstacles are there, you can navigate it. Right? And also, what if you're distracted? You listen to the radio, you listen to music, you listen to NPR, you're listening to, you know, you're talking, you're texting, you're talking on the phone, you're doing, you're like all the things you're not supposed to do. But even then, with all distractions, we're not losing, we're still going towards our aim and not, we're still going Encinitas. The problem is that with any of those things, if we're not careful how we manipulate it, you get an accident, you get off on the right. And if you, let's say let's say you get off on the wrong on the wrong road. Oh, it's like, oh, it's like, well, this isn't and then you ask somebody, you, you put in Google search and you get back on the road, right? But imagine if you pull over and say, Oh, this is nice. I wonder what there is to eat. And then you hear somebody bleeding in some well. <laughs> and all of a sudden the whole life is past, you know? And you forgot, oh yeah. I was supposed to meet somebody for lunch in Encinitas. There's a, so it, the, it, by keeping the aim and object central, we're here, the gati, or the gati, uh, 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 then everything can be, as long as you don't forget the goal. With the, uh, Yadu, he never forgot the goal. Even he said, no, I need, to enjoy, I need to go through the stages of life. I need to get married. I need to have children. I need to enjoy the pleasures because it will help me get to my goal. Right, so that's so. There's, there's not actually, it's, although it's a, it's a little harsh way, but it's about somebody's big renunciation. So it has that bhava, that energy to it, right? But that's not the real point. The point is that not to get distracted in the goal and just trying in the material world, the world of goats and dogs and pigs and humans and every other species. It's fine, but it's not. It's not the goal, 
right? So we do our duties, we do our, we satisfy our karmas, we do our duties and our job uh, properly, and that's also divine. It helps uh, the, the life flow properly in every divine way. But it's the real reason we have a, a dest- not to forget our destination. Here, that destination is called Brahmani uh, Vasudeva uh, Bhagavan Bhagavatim. So the famous king Yayati immediately was liberated from all attachments, had direct realization of the self, was cleansed of all influence of the three gunas, and achieved the goal, the transcendental stainless Brahman, Vasudeva, Bhagavan. 25, 26. Devayani, his wife, who had listened to the story of the goats, understood that what was meant, that it, that it was meant to prompt her to the path of renunciation, through a satire of the flimsy nature of, rela- of her relationship between, her, uh, between man and woman. Now she realized that, her, that the life of loving association with relatives and friends, who are all but mere puppets in the divine will, is like a gathering of travelers in a wayside rest house, extremely temporary and fleeting like a dream, brought about by the Maya of the Lord, so this is. Uh, so she abandoned the attachment for everything in life, made her mind fully absorbed in the Lord, and dissolved even her subtle body. Lakoyana, it's a long. It's two verses uh, merged. Uh, the way the grammar is, that it, you can can't. You have to translate them as one paragraph rather than two verses. So what the thing is that when she, the point of this, she realized that this was meant to show her. Then she realized that all these relationships, as wonderful as they are, they're temporary. That's a very painful thing, right? Uh, things that we find so dear, right? In a few years, it'll be over. It's a p- painful thing to say, but it's a fact, <laughs> right? You know, we're all here together, but where were we before this body? Where, were we, where, what was our connections before this body? What could be our connections in fifty years, right? So that changes. There is connection, of course, <laughs> right? Uh, there's very deep relationships that that survive. And birth and death, right? But that's it's, it's meant to be a little bit, and that it's all fake, you know. <laughs> this is the mood of the of the verse, right? And it says, "And she dissolved even her subtle body." So actually, if we take this very symbolically and metaphorically, uh, um, uh, Devayani represents Prakriti, right? Which is the the field of nature from which all life and joy and 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 progeny comes. Right, but even that merges into ultimately everything merges back into them, and there's a play on this, these words here. The final verse I translated because it's a form of a prayer. It's a, it's a, um, like that opening mantra Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. I mentioned, we've mentioned many times that this is the bija, the bij mantra of these of the Bhagavatam. The eighteen thousand verses is meant to to as commentary to one verse. When we all the stuff we're talking about is so to get full realization and flavor of what this when we say Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, what does that mean? But it's not just this is a Vaishnava text and the deity is Krishna and it's primarily about bhakti to Krishna, right? And so the mantra for this is Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. But the same principle holds true for Om Namo Shivaya, Om Sri Durgaye Namaha, whatever the mantra. What's the point of the mantra? What's the who is the one being described? Right, and so here, so it always comes back again to different ways of understanding this Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudeva. Here's a perfect example: Namostuvyam Bhagavate Vasudevaya Vedase Sarva Bhuta 
Tivasaya Shantaya Brihate Namaha. This is how this chapter ends. Namostubyam Namaha, I bow. Tubyam to you. Who? Bhagavate. Bhagavate, that Supreme Lord. Means God. We translate it as Lord. Bhagavate, one who controls all power, all beauty, all renunciation, all intelligence, all fame. In other words, all the blessed, wonderful, all wonderfulness. That Supreme Lord. Namostubyam Bhagavate Vasudevaya Vedase. Vasudeva, which is the son of Vasudev, but also Vasudev means all pervading. That Supreme, Supreme Lord who took birth and is the son of Devaki Krishna, but who is also that all-pervading Supreme Lord, Vedase. Vedase means the creator of everything. From That consciousness, that supreme consciousness, is the one from which everything comes. Everything rises and disappears in Vedase. Shant, uh, Sarvabhuta, Viva, uh, um, Sarvabhuta Arivasyasya. Adi Vasasya. That's a hard word to try. Adi means primordial, original. Va- vasasya, like Vasa means to dwell. Right? He's the original dweller, the original resident. Sarva Bhutashu in all beings. Right? Within everybody, within everything, he's the original one that's there. That all pervading consciousness, that Vasudeva, right, who's a creator of everything and who exists, that creator of everything that's infinite also within the heart. So this is ultimately where we're supposed to search. Vedasi. Sarva Bhutta, uh, Shantaya, Shantaya means who's peaceful, right? But here also peaceful means something different, means also unchanging. The, that the one that doesn't change, when every, this whole creation is coming and going, he's peaceful. This, in this image of Mahakali standing on Shiva, Om Namo Shivaya Shantaya, there's one mantra. Karna Trahetave, Navediyami Chatmanam, Gattisvam Parameshwara. You all say Om Namo Shivaya Shantaya, Om Namo Shivaya the peaceful. Right, but here you see you see him meditating the peaceful, or here, laying. He's a ground of being. He's Brahman, on which everything, this whole creation, Veda say, that represented by Mother Kali, dancing on top of him, manifesting him, and again merging into him. Right, that Vasudeva, he Shantaya. Uh, even in that that mantra, Shiva Namo Shiva Shantaya, Gatisvam Paramishra, you are that goal. The Supreme Lord, right? So here it says, Sarvabhutish, uh, Shantaya Brihate. Brihat, Brihat means really big, huge, infinite, right? We get the word Brahman from that. Brahman mean, comes from Brihate, which means to just inconceivably huge, right? Shantaya Brihate Namaha. That we worship, that we meditate upon, that we surrender to, that we focus on. So this is being told, remember, to a, a man who within two days will be bit by a snake and die. Right? So it's... Uh, 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 and so we've... This is our meditation a lot as we've talked through these verses, is that we are also... We are meant to be that. We are that person. That we also are... That's a, one thing certain is that we're also going to die. We don't know if we're going to die in two days or in seven days or seven years or 70 years uncertain but death is certain right and so human birth is also very rare but also not certain right the next human birth we don't know when it will come right uh, and we so why we have a body while we have a human body while we have mental energy of youth right 
mind is fading day by day. Right? We're realizing the difference every year, the useful energy. I'm trying to look for somebody to switch their use to old age with me, but <laughs> none of my disciples will do anything. <laughs> God, they're so selfish, you know? <laughs> uh, uh, uh. But while we still have, so while we have mental energy and we have interest, because also it's another thing, right now we have interest. Right? You can see exactly the, uh, this king, uh, Yayati, from one minute he had interest, then no interest, then interest. And so we never know, like, not only like what, if our, what's coming is our, when our next life is coming, when our death is coming, we don't know when our next thought of God is coming. Mm-hmm. Right now we have interest in God. We have, in, we have a hunger for God, this mukshu, the, the hunger for liberation, devotion to God, desire for God. But that may, I mean, it come, that also comes and goes by our karma, by our association, right, by well, many different things, by our health, right, you know, it's like also like we can live a long life and the way out get an accident and damage our brain and then spiritual searches stopped, or we can go out and hear somebody in a well <laughs> and get distracted so long, you know, whatever it comes with, it doesn't have to, just, things don't have to distract us, but they can distract us, so while we're, while we're not distracted, the point is that this man who's about to die, Right uh, in seven in two days or three days, that uh, not to not to make this last little bit count, right? Not to forget his ultimate goal. So then, a few more stories are told. Uh, we'll see some bishma. Some I'm not sure if we'll actually go after a glance at these verses for next week. Whether or not we'll um, uh, Maybe there's a, a Ranti Deva sermon is good. There's a lot of spiritual meaning in there, and maybe that's next week, Ranti Deva. And then, uh, uh, then we'll jump soon after so many years <laughs> uh, into Rasa, into Krishna Lila, and then into Rasa Lila. And let's see the opening, the goal of this whole thing. Let us look and find it here. Fourteen, fifteen. And it was a verse we started with here. Anyone with faith who with faith listens or to or describes as playful affairs of the damsels of Vrindavan with Vishnu or Krishna will attain supreme transcendental devotion to Bhagavan. The disease of lust within the heart will immediately be driven away and we will become sober without delay. We will become satisfied or sober without delay. That's the ultimate purpose of the text. It's also the purpose of our life, ultimately. And uh, so we'll continue next week. Thank you for your kind attention. A difficult, it was a difficult topic to try to pull together also. Story is hard to grasp also, without being too negative. <laughs> Problem is I'm naturally negative, so it's easy. I have to be careful not to have to like, go for it, you know. <laughs> How do you want to touch that?